Welcome to the Word Encounter, episode 195. We are in the book of Mark. We concluded uh, chapter 9 yesterday. So let's get rocking and rolling in chapter 10. And the title says, uh, The Question of Divorce. And we cover this in Matthew chapter 19, verses 1 through 9, in Word Encounter, episode 186. So uh, refer there for the details. But the key verses... Uh, in these scriptures, let's drop down to verse 6. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Male and female only. There is no other, male or female. And his reason, um, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, and the two will become one flesh. So they no longer are two, but one flesh. And so when people get married, they become one. You know, one flesh, as if they were one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Drop down to verse 13. It says, blessing the children. And uh, we covered this in Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 through 15 in episode 186. The key verse here is in verse 15. And it says, truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. So Jesus, Jesus is talking about how we have to have a childlike faith. You know, and a lot of times we become very cynical and very skeptical and we can't inherit the things of the kingdom of God because of our attitudes. But we must must approach it like a child and exhibit childlike faith. Then he talks about the rich uh, young ruler in verse 17. We cover this in Matthew chapter 19, verses 16, uh, 16 through 22 in episode 186. The key verse here, in my opinion, is verse 21. It says, looking at him. He's looking at the rich man. Jesus loved him. He says, Jesus loved him. And uh, I don't think Jesus loved him appeared in Matthew. He says, Jesus loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. He says, go sell all you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come follow me. And so the rich man was asking Jesus, what do I need to do? And initially Jesus told him everything he needed to do, and he did that. But the young man must have felt like there's still something I'm lacking. And so he said, Jesus, what else do I need to do? And so Jesus told him this. And then he went away very despondent, for he had many possessions. It says possessions in the kingdom. So after this example with the rich man, Jesus goes on and, and, and does some more teaching. And we cover this in Matthew chapter 19, uh, verses 23 through 30, in episode 186. And we drop down to verse 27, the key verse. He says, looking at them, Jesus said, with man it is impossible, but not with God, because all things are possible with God. And so when Jesus was talking about how uh, it's difficult for the rich to get into the kingdom of heaven, it's easier for the camel to go through the eye of a needle. This, this really shocked the disciples because the thinking of the day was that rich people, uh, that you were rich because you were blessed by God. But Jesus is saying, no that can be actually an impediment to getting into the kingdom of heaven. And so this was coming against everything that they had believed. And so the disciples are saying, well, how can this, how can anybody get into heaven? And Jesus responds, it is impossible for man, not just for rich people, but for anybody, it's impossible to enter the kingdom of God, you know, just as a man, but nothing is impossible with God. And so we go on, uh, the third prediction of his death, so Jesus, he has already predicted his death twice. Twice He does it again for a third time. Again, he tells the, the disciples what's about to happen to him. 
and, and whatnot. And they don't understand, obviously, the whole plan of salvation yet. And so he's telling them, and I can only imagine what they were thinking when he's talking about how he's going to be handed over to the, to the chief priests, how he's going to be abused, how he's going to be killed. And, and so that had to be very, very, very bad news uh, for them to hear, realizing that this was going to take place relatively soon. Then it goes on and it says, suffering in service. In verse 35, we covered this in Matthew chapter 20, verses 20 through 28, uh, which is in Word Encounter episode 187. And, um, and so in this account, uh, it does not go over um, the details of the mother, you know, asking uh, for favor with regard to her sons. The key verse here in verse 38 says, Jesus said to them, uh, after uh, James and John had asked uh, Jesus, uh, can one sit at your right and the other sit at your left? Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking. Uh, are you able to drink the cup I drink or to be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? And in Mark here, it doesn't go over the detail of the mother approaching Jesus to ask uh, him a favor for her sons. And he says, woman, you don't know what you're asking. <laughs> you know." And so Mark doesn't have that account. And uh, the blind man healed in verse 46. We covered this in Matthew chapter 20, verses 29 through 34, episode 187. And um, in Matthew, uh, when he was talking about the blind man being, being healed, Matthew uh, says that there were two blind men. In Mark here, it just uh, refers to one man. And so, again, it's a slightly different account when you have two different perspectives Again, two different people, if you will, witnessing the same event. Sometimes you will have slightly different accountings of what went on. And so the key verse here in verse 52, in my opinion, is Jesus said to him, uh, said to the blind man, he says, go, your faith has saved you. It didn't say, his, Jesus didn't say here that your faith has healed you. It says your faith has, your faith has saved you. And maybe his healing was a result of his salvation. I don't know. It says immediately he could see and began to follow Jesus on the road. And so after um, Jesus informs him that his faith has saved him, then immediately he could see. And then his response was, uh, the, the, I should say the result was that he could see, but his response was he began to follow Jesus. And I think this is very important. Yes, Jesus did something for him, but Jesus does stuff for us all the time. And a lot of times we just go on about our business. That's not what happened here. He could see, immediately he could see, and then he began to follow Jesus. Chapter 11, it says the triumphal entry, and we covered this in uh, Matthew chapter 21, verse 1 through 11, in episode 187. And the key verses, in my opinion here, drop down to verse 8 and 9. It says, many people spread their clothes. So Jesus is coming in on the donkey. He's riding the foal of a donkey. He said, uh, people get, uh, begin to, um, uh, excuse me, many people uh, spread their clothes on the road, and others spread leafy palm branches uh, cut from the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed. So those who were preceding Jesus in the, in the parade and those who were after him were shouting Hosanna. 
you know, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So they're, they're announcing the entrance of Jesus into Jerusalem, you know, um, him being the Messiah and all of this. Isn't it interesting that we know that all of these people were heralding his coming, uh, probably some of the same people who were shouting, crucify him, kill him, crucify him, when he was uh, in front of the sand, or excuse me, in front of Pilate, you know, and they wanted to convict him and hang him on the cross. People can be extremely fickle. Why is that? Because people tend to be subject to their emotions. People tend to be slaves to their emotions. And so when Jesus is coming in on the donkey and everybody's celebrating and there's a parade and excitement and and partying in the streets and and whatnot, people get caught up in that. And then when people are in front of Pilate and they say, choose Barabbas or choose Jesus, and they're saying, you know, we want Barabbas, you know, kill Jesus, crucify him, kill him, kill him. They get caught up in the emotion of that, you see. And so one of the worst things you can do in life, in my opinion, is be a slave to emotional decision making. Usually, if you're a slave to emotional decision-making, 99 times out of 100, the decision that you make in that state will be the wrong decision for your long-term best interest, usually. The barren fig tree is cursed. And uh, we covered this in Matthew chapter 21, verses 18 and 19, episode 187. And uh, key verse here is uh, verse 14. Uh, he said to it, he said to the tree, uh, may, may, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. And so we know that uh, Jesus saw the tree from afar. He came up to the tree. I guess from afar, the tree looked luscious and beautiful. He came up and there was no fruit on it. He cursed the tree and the, and the tree uh, withered. And that was an analogy to what happens when people look good on the inside uh, or on the outside, I should say, but you get close and whatnot and you see that there's no fruit, you know, that there's no fruit. And so um, how do you examine uh, or how do you determine the goodness of a tree Uh, by the state of the fruit that it bears? Same thing with people. Cleansing the temple. Uh, We see uh, we covered this in Matthew chapter 21, verses 12 through 13 in episode 187. And the key verse here is in verse 17. He says he was teaching them. Is it not written? My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves. And so we know that when Jesus came uh, into Jerusalem and he went to the temple, he witnessed all kind of business and commerce going on in the temple. This is supposed to be a place of worship, of honoring God, and it, it was a place of business. And so he got upset and started thro- uh, throwing over the money changers' tables and, and, and pitching people out. And um, he says, no, 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 this is to be a house of prayer for all nations, not just for Israel, but for all nations, for the entire world. But you've converted it in something, into something perverse. You converted it into uh, a commercial entity. You com- uh, converted it into a place where people rob people of their money. You know, you converted it into a place of a den of thieves. And so this was not sitting well with Jesus and he was not going to stand for it. Then we see uh, the barren fig tree is withered. We covered this in Matthew chapter 21, verses 20 through 22, episode 187. The key verse here is in verse 23. And it says, truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done. 
And so Jesus took the withering of fig tree and he converted that into a lesson on faith and belief and the power of faith and belief and what it can do. He says, if you, you know, if you say, he says, truly, I tell you, he says, I'm telling you the truth. You know, if you would only believe, you would not believe what can happen if you only believe. <clears throat> we go down, it says the authority of Jesus challenged. And uh, we covered this in Matthew chapter 21, verses 23 through 27, episode 187. The key verse here is verse 30, where it says, uh, was John's baptism from heaven or of human origin? Answer me. And so the, the Pharisees and the scribes were challenging Jesus, were challenging uh, his authority. And they were asking him, where, where do you get these things? And Jesus says, I'm not going to tell you, but uh, no, Jesus says, I am going to tell you, but only after you answer this question. And was John's baptism from heaven or of human origin? A answer me. And they didn't answer him because they were afraid. Because if they say if it, it was from heaven, he'll say, well, why didn't you believe? You know, why did you want to harm him? If he, if he says, well, it's human, then they were afraid that the people were going to stone him because they believed that Jesus was a prophet and, or that John was a prophet. And so, uh, so they didn't answer. And so he didn't answer them. We go on to chapter 12 of Mark. And it says the parable of the vineyard owner. We covered this in Matthew chapter 21, verses 33 through 46, episode 187. The key verse here is verse 10. And it says, haven't you read this scripture? The, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And so Jesus was delivering a parable um, um, to, the, to the Pharisees and the scribes. And they didn't like the implication, you know. And so, and so uh, you know, Jesus was telling them uh, that you rejected the cornerstone. See, you rejected me, but what you didn't know is that I was the cornerstone of the kingdom. But you were too blind to see this. You know, so obviously they did not appreciate that. And then we go on, it says, God in Caesar in verse 13 and we covered this in Matthew chapter 22, verses 15 through 22, episode 188. And the key verse here is in verse 17, where it says, Jesus told them, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And they were utterly amazed at him. And so they were trying to trap him. The Pharisees and the scribes were trying to trap him, you know, and they said, uh, Lord, what, what should we do about these taxes, the, you know, the, these things that Caesar imposes on us? He says, let me see a coin. He says, whose inscription is on this coin? He says, this is Caesar's. And he says, well, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's and give unto God what is God's. You know, <laughs> so they were trying to trap him because if they if, if, if Jesus would have said, well, no, you're not subject to that, then the government authorities could have come down and arrested him and whatnot. And so <clears throat> But Jesus, you know, caught them off guard again with his response. <laughs> In verse uh, 18, it says the Sadducees and, and the, um, the Sadducees and the resurrection. Uh, we covered this in Matthew chapter 22, verses 23 through 33, episode 188. The key verses here are verses 26 through 27. And it says, and as far and as for the dead being uh, raised, haven't you read in the book of, of Moses, in the passage about the burning bush, how God said to him, I am the God of Abraham and of uh, the God of Isaac, Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not 
the God of the dead, but of the living. You are badly mistaken. And so if we recall, the Sadducees had asked Jesus about what happens. You know, a man has a, uh, uh, has a wife and he dies with no children and he has six other or seven other brothers. And so uh, in, the, in the culture, the, bro- the brother had to marry the widow of his brother if they had no children. And so he marries uh, the widow and they have no children. And then the next brother marries the widow and they have no children and he dies. And then the next brother. So all the brothers die and the widow is still alive. And then the widow dies. And so they're saying, Jesus, in the, re- in the resurrection, then whose wife will she be? Right. And so the question really wasn't about whose wife will she be, because the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. And so they were trying to ch- uh, trap Jesus again uh, with this scenario and to see how he responded, because they don't believe in the resurrection. Uh, Jesus saw right through what they were uh, really asking. They weren't asking about um, marriage uh, in heaven. So Jesus said, you know, there is no male or female, you know, given in marriage. There is no you know, marriage given in, in heaven. And so, but what your real question is, is, uh, is there a resurrection? And so then he goes on to tell them um, that God tells Moses, I am the God, not I was the God. And so in doing so, he's demonstrating to them that, uh, that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are alive. And so, yes, they physically died, but they're alive. <clears throat> the primary commands in verse 28, we covered this in Matthew Chapter 22, verses 34 through 40, episode 188, key verses are 30 through 31. And uh, love the Lord thy God with all your heart and all your soul, all your mind and with all your strength. The second is to love the Lord or love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other command greater than these. And so what happened was one of the scribes approached Jesus and said, which is the most important or which are the most important commandments? So Jesus responds to him. Now, what happens here next is not in Matthew. This is only in Mark. He says, uh, then the scribe said to him, this is verse 32. Then the uh, scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have correctly said uh, that he is one. Yeah, that he is one. And there is no one else except him. And to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself as uh, is far more important than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. And so this is a scribe telling Jesus, yes, you're right, Lord, you know, in your response. And then Jesus, this is interesting. When Jesus saw that he answered wisely. So when Jesus saw that the scribe, remember the scribes and the Pharisees have been at Jesus, but this particular scribe, Jesus says something different to him. When Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And no one dared to question him any longer. In verse 35, it says the question about the Messiah. We covered this in Matthew uh, 22, verses 41 through 46. The key verse here is verse 36. David says, uh, David himself says by the Holy Spirit, the Lord declared to my Lord, uh, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. So Jesus is explaining to this. He says, how can the Messiah be uh, David's son when David himself calls the Messiah my Lord? So what Jesus is trying to demonstrate to them is that there's a supernatural aspect and element to this that you guys don't quite understand. Because if, if the Messiah is a son of David, how can David call the Messiah his Lord? So we went on 
Uh, we go on, warning against the scribes, verse 38. We covered this in Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 through 36, uh, episode 188. Now, there is much more detail to this, much more in Matthew than what appears here in Mark. It says in verse 38, he also said in his teaching, beware of the scribes who want to go around in long robes and who want greetings in the marketplaces. And he goes on in Matthew describing all of the evilness of the scribes and the Pharisees and what to watch out for with, regarding, with regard to them. <clears throat> the widow's gift. Now, this is not in Matthew, so let's go over this. It says, sitting across from the temple treasury, he watched how the crowd dropped money into the treasury. Many rich people were putting in large sums. When a poor widow came and dropped in two tiny coins worth very little, summoning his disciples, so he said, yo, boys, come over here. Watch this. Watch this widow. Watch what she does. He said to them, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. For they gave out of their overflow. They gave out of their surplus. But she gave out of her poverty. Um, but, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had. All she had to live on. So in faith, she gave everything she had. You know, so he, he called over his disciples. You got to witness this because there's a lesson here. See, she, she, is, she is living, she is betting on faith. These guys gave out of their overflow. They don't need what they gave, but she needed what she gave, and she gave it anyway. See, so she was living on the promise. Mm. Chapter 13, uh, destruction of the temple predicted. We covered this in Matthew chapter 24, uh, verse 1 and 2, in episode 189. The key verse here is verse 2. Jesus said to him, do you see these great buildings? Now one stone will be left upon another. Uh, all will be thrown down. And so he's predicting the destruction of the temple. This is one of the accusations that was raised against Jesus at his so-called trial. <clears throat> Signs of the end of the age. We covered this in Matthew chapter 24, verses 3 through 8 in episode 189. Key verses here are 5 and 6. Uh, Jesus told them, watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name saying, I am he, and they will deceive many. And this is a warning for us today. Be careful with regard to who you listen to. Because there are deceivers out there, and you can be living under deception. The, the evil part of deception is that you don't know when you are in deception. Because deception, the definition of deception means that you have been misled. You see, so you don't know. So beware. Persecutions predicted. We went over this in Matthew chapter 24, verses 9 through 24, episode 189. Key verse here is verse 13 where it says, you will be hated by everyone because of my name, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Again, this is advice for us today. There are many that come against us, us being those of us who believe in, in Jesus, those of us who call ourselves Christ-like ones, who try to pattern our lives after Jesus. See, many, we are despised by many because of him. And so endurance is necessary. We have, we have to endure. We have to endure uh, the blowback. We have to endure uh, uh, how people talk about us. We have to endure uh, how people despise us. That exists. 
that exists in spades today. The Great Tribulations, we covered this in Matthew chapter 24, verses 15 through 28. Uh, the key verses here are 20 and 22. It says, if the Lord had not cut those days short, no one would be saved, but he cut those days short for the sake of the elect, for the sake of those who believe in him, the Lord cut the days of tribulation short. For false messiahs and false prophets will arise and will perform signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. And so you must, just because somebody performs a sign or a wonder or a miracle, if you will, doesn't mean that they are from heaven, doesn't mean that they represent the Lord. And it says very plainly right here that there will be those who do that and they will lead astray even some of the elect. Be careful. Make sure that people are standing on solid ground with regard to their character and integrity and are accurately representing the Lord according to his word. Don't just look at the signs and the wonders. It says the coming of the Son of Man. Uh, we covered this in Matthew chapter 24, verses 29 through 31, episode 189. Key verses, verse 26. It says, then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And so in that day, you know, people will be able, believers and non-believers will be able to see the Lord coming in the clouds. It will be something that will be obvious and it will be a glorious sight. You know, coming in, uh, coming in the clouds with power and glory. So how does one witness, how, how does power and glory look? What, you know, visually, what does it look like? I don't know. But I can imagine that there would be awe and trembling going on at this site. The parable of the fig tree, verse 28, we covered this in Matthew 24, uh, verses 32 through 35, episode 189. And it says, learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its branch becomes tender and sprouts leaves, you know that summer is near. The lesson being that you should be able to, because I'm telling you what the signs of my coming will be, then just like you can um, know that summer is near based on what you see happening with the trees, you should be able to see how near I am by the signs that I'm telling you to look for. So he said, take the lesson from the fig tree. No one knows the day or the hour. We covered this in Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 through 44, episode 189. The key verses here are 32 and 37. And it says, now concerning that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the son, but only the father. So Jesus is saying, look, I don't even know when I'm coming back. <laughs> nobody knows. You got a lot of people out here trying to predict when he's coming back and whatnot. He's saying nobody knows. Nobody knows. But he does say this. Because nobody knows. Verse 37. And what I say to you, I say to everyone, be alert. Be ready. Says nobody knows when I'm coming. Don't be caught sleeping, no. Don't be caught doing wrong. Don't become don't be caught succumbing to sin. Don't be caught succumbing to temptation. Be alert and be ready. That means constantly 
be ready. That means being ready should be a lifestyle. When you don't know when something's going to happen, the only way to make sure that you're covered is to always be ready. And with that, we are done for today. We'll pick it up in chapter 14 tomorrow. I think tomorrow we will actually finish the book of Mark. And um, as is always the case, Jesus sends out his consistent and constant invitation. And the word says all you need to do is sincerely believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And the word says that you will be saved and you will not be put to shame. And with that, we are done. Everybody stay safe. Be blessed. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And should he not come between uh, today and tomorrow, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye now.